Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Today, we are so blessed that you're joining us. For those that do not know, I was an avid runner back in my days in the army. I mean, after all, that's what almost every soldier does at 6 a.m., run. Physical training was five days a week back then. And although I was not someone who enjoyed running in the beginning, I kept at it, mainly to keep my weight within army limits and to score higher on the PT test. But but then I found it was a way for me just to relax and collect my thoughts. It was not unusual for me to run 14, 15 miles a day, not all at once, but through several sessions per day, I would run before our unit PT time. I go about two miles just to warm up. Then the four or five mile runs with the unit. Then a friend and I would run two, three miles together between PT and first formation because everyone else is going off to breakfast. But then I'd run another three miles at noon instead of eating at Burger King or whatever. And then I go for a three or four mile run on after work on most days. On the weekends, I might go for a 10 mile run just for something to do. I mean, I was, I enjoyed running and that put me in the shape where I actually started to enter 5k races. That was my specialty. I did longer ones, but 3.1 miles and I'd win my age group. And in some cases actually place in the race and take home a trophy. I, I, I even ran in the first ever army 10 mile race in Washington, DC and ran the entire 10 miles in under 78 minutes as a police officer. I was into running and actually ran my first marathon in October 2006, the Baltimore Marathon. But all that came to an end, May 12, 2007, while I was injured working in an accident scene, and I haven't been able to run since other than a few 30, 40-yard sprints on turf, but nothing like what I used to do. That injury took one of my main pleasures in life. Why am I saying all this? Because our guest today was also into running. Tyler Moon was running his first 10-mile race on October 19, 2019 in the Twin Cities 10-miler. Shortly after starting off, Tyler collapsed from a heart attack. Two years later, he was back and lined up to complete that race that nearly killed him. He not only finished the race, he started his own ministry called Moon Family Ministries. His story, folks, is one that will definitely inspire you to not let the devil keep you down. Amen. Help me welcome to the program. Tyler Moon. Tyler, thank you for joining us today. I do appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on today, Robert. It's great to be here. Hey, man. Now, other than that brief information I just shared, the first question I always ask is this. Can you tell us in your own words, who is Tyler Moon? Yeah, Tyler Moon is just a pretty regular guy from Minnesota, uh, but he loves the Lord and uh, loves his family. Amen. Now, take us back to that day, October 19, 2019. Did you have any heart-related issues prior to that date? 
No, not at all. I was a pretty avid athlete for most of my life. I actually played football in college. And um, similar to you, Robert, I was I got into running kind of to maintain my weight. And I had uh, tried to after I'd finished college, I wanted to get kind of into a better shape and things like that. So I started to run and it kind of culminated at this 10 mile race. I had seen a a family member run marathon the year prior and I was super encouraged by it and excited by it. So I thought, Hey, let's sign up for something. And the marathon seems a little ambitious for me, uh, but let's do a 10 mile. That seems to be a bit more appropriate. So I signed up for it. I trained for it. I was ready for it. And uh, on that day in October, it was kind of like that picture perfect Minnesota fall day. Uh, and for the listeners, that's that's kind of like 40 or 50 degrees in the morning, the sun's out shining, and it's just a wonderful day to hit the hit the pavement and go for a run. Amen. But then as as I started to run, um, it was actually after mile eight, so I was pretty close to the finish line. Um, my heart did something that we never ever expected and there's no history of it in my family. Uh, but I had a sudden cardiac arrest. Um, and it's, uh, basically in, in short term, it's an electrical issue in my heart that happened. So my heart was uh, beating like normal. And for some reason, it went into this weird rhythm where it kind of was quivering and beating in my chest so fast that I wasn't able to pump any blood out to my body, uh, which caused me to collapse on the pavement and just lay there kind of lifeless and, and motionless until uh, a group of people came and uh, provided CPR to me and kept me alive until an ambulance could come and, and rush me off to the hospital. Amen. Amen. Were you buried at the time in October 2019? I was not. I was actually engaged. So we're about three months out of our wedding. So lots of emotion and excitement for our wedding. Yeah. Uh, and then for this to happen right in the midst of it was a really challenging and traumatic event. Amen. Amen. I, I read where you were, you, you can only remember the first mile of the race and you said, how far did you run before collapsing? Yeah, I ran about eight miles and I only have memory of the first mile. Uh, and they said that's maybe because of my fall when I fell, I, I might've had a minor concussion. Um, as well as when they rushed me off to the hospital, I was in a medically induced coma for a short period of time. And some of the medication that gave me could have uh, wiped out some of my memory. So it's a pretty interesting thing to go for a run and then wake up in the hospital and um, be able to you know, put all these pieces together uh, through various conversations with people and, and things like that has definitely been a unique experience. Yeah. Amen. And you don't remember having chest pains or anything during a race? No, nothing. Yeah. There's, there's no, no memory or anything. So uh, what I've been told is that I was running and uh, I took kind of a big gasp of air. Uh, someone around me is telling me, they're saying I took a big gasp of air and then I just collapsed. Mm-hmm. And the way that I collapsed was was concerning. It wasn't like I had tripped or anything like that, but it was a, a yeah. real collapse. Yeah. Um, and I landed on my face. And so I was kind of face down on the pavement. And these groups of, you know, about a dozen people came to my aid. They didn't know each other. Um, but they all ended up working out, you know, they worked at medical facilities in the area and, and some other places around the country and they put me over and they were, you know, checking my pulse and kind of talking to each other in medical lingo, which kind of all triggered them to think, okay, these people know what they're doing here. It's not just, you know, random people. Um, and someone made the call. They said, Hey, uh, we need to give this, this guy CPR. And so they started, they, they kind of did the CPR that you would see maybe in a movie or maybe what you're taught in middle school, you know, 30 chest compressions. And they had someone actually had like a breathing tube for me, a breathing apparatus on site. So 
30 chest compressions and someone giving breaths and they were rotating and they were encouraging each other and really I mean, trying to take me, keep me alive. Yeah, um, and they did that for about 10 or 15 minutes until, uh, the ambulance could come and shock me back into a normal rhythm. And mm. I was rushed off to the hospital. Amen. Amen. Were you born again on that day? Um, that's a good question. So I was a Christian, uh, yeah, I was a Christian, uh, before all of this. Um, so I wasn't, uh, necessarily born again in that, you know, well, Christian sense. I mean, were, were you saved at the time yeah. this happened? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I was saved, uh, I, you know, before this. So I actually, in kind of the unique part of the story, and the one that kind of made it go viral, uh, was I believe beforehand, and I wanted to share my faith with other people. And so, on my race bib that day, I put Jesus saves. It's just like a, a way to encourage folks in their walk with Christ. And for mm-hmm. me, I had initially put my name right. I put Tyler Moon, and it's what normal, like most people do. And it's a way to just, you know. People can, you know, spot your name or they can encourage you or whatever it is. Um, but I felt the Holy Spirit asked me to change it like a couple months before the race. And I was like, okay, yeah, like I'll, I'll change it. Like no big deal. I, I love the idea of encouraging people and also encouraging myself because I knew this was going to be a hard race. And so if I remembering that I'm sharing the word of Christ as I run, that will keep me, you know, going forward. And uh, I put it on there. Jesus saves. I meant for eternity, right? Like, you know, forever where that we're saved. Um, but that day in particular, you know, I was on earth, which was just kind of this incredible, um, I, I don't want to call it a coincidence because it wasn't a coincidence, but this incredible little, little dot on the, on the story, uh, which really kind of um, made people step back and go, wow, this is, this is kind of unique, this story. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. And, and yeah. And then so I, if, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'll say on top of that, I, I, don't, I don't know if you're going there next, but um, there was a guy that actually gave me CPR. One of the guys who gave me CPR, his name is Jesse, but his legal name is Jesus. And so when people figured that out, it's the same spelling as Jesus. That really kind of launched it off into oh, the yeah. stratosphere of, you know, Twitter and all that stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So that was that's kind of the, the next tie in is <laughs> people thought it was a pretty crazy story and it just got even crazier and crazier and crazier. Uh, but that's just uh, what, what God had planned. Amen. So if you would have passed that day, you would have gone to heaven then, right? Yeah. Amen. Yes, amen. I would have. Amen. So that thank God for that blessing. Amen. Okay. So yes. from simply running the race to what? What is the first thing you remember after that first mile of the race? Yeah, I remember having a, a conversation with um, some doctors about putting in a defibrillator in me. That was kind of the, the next memory. Um, and so I was kind of unconscious in this coma for a few hours and I came out of it. But even when I was conscious, I don't really have much memory of the first few days I was in the hospital. It's kind of this weird, this weird situation where I was awake, but I don't understand or remember anything that I really did. Uh, but I can kind of remember talking to the doctors there about putting in a defibrillator um, and then we ended up kind of going and getting transferred to a different hospital. And, uh, I can distinctly remember going into the ambulance to be transferred to a different hospital. Um, and then the next day is kind of when I started to come to again. So basically I went from running to then talking to somebody and trying to figure out what the next step is for my heart and the intervention that needed to be put in place for me to, you know, live kind of a, a safe life. Yeah. Amen. I, I'm, I'm kind of same way. I remember, you know, after my incident and being in the hospital, uh, all I remember was an orderly asking me, because I thought I was 
that was going to be it type thing. Right. Mm. And the Orlers asked me, right. well, who's going to take care of you when you get out? And I'm like government, you know, <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. I mean, well, you discharge And that was the first conversation. I remember going in to the emergency room, but it was just a, a, a whirlwind of blur. But I remember mm-hmm. having that conversation. With I was like, well, who's going to take care of me? Y'all going to take care of me for this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, that's, and then I remember seeing my wife and daughter. She was only like four at the time at the end of the bed. And then next day I knew I woke up, you know, the next day type thing, you know, but, uh, right. It was, you know, so I understand the confusion you're going to like, it's kind of like a whirlwind type thing. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, I can relate to that totally. And, uh, was your family at the race on that day? You know, like cheer you they, on. They were, yeah, yeah, they were. So they, uh, my wife they find out? at the time, so, so yeah. So at the time my wife and I were just engaged. So she ended up dropping me off at the starting line and then she met up with my parents, um, and they were going to see me along the race. So, uh, I saw them at mile one, which is why I'm very thankful. I have memory of that. Um, just that wonderful moment of that day. Uh, and then I saw them at mile seven, which I don't remember. Um, and then they were going to see me at the finish line. And, um, when the kind of the end of the race happened, they were tracking me on my phone or on their phones. They could see where I was going. And for some reason, the tracking that they had, they had gotten, you know, wasn't quite accurate. So it did show me that I was kind of still running, uh, but I hadn't quite finished the race. And so there was just some confusion about where I was and uh, I should be done by now. And my wife started to call me and kind of text me and kind of say, Hey, where are you at? You know, what are you doing? Where are you at? Um, and then all of a sudden she gets a call from an unmarked number and she's like, well, this is kind of weird. Um, but she answered it and it was a police officer saying, Hey, something's happened to Tyler. Um, and you guys need to go to you know the hospital, you know, right away. I'll, I'll come and pick you up and, and take you over there. And so that was kind of their first instance of like, oh, something, something is really not right here. But they didn't know. And I don't think that the officer could tell them what exactly happened. Um, they just hopped in the car and they were thinking, you know, maybe I broke my leg or maybe I, you know, maybe I had a concussion and, and all that stuff. But they had no idea, especially being a healthy athlete, you know, every you know, many, many years up to this point, they had no idea what had happened to me until they got to the hospital and talked to the doctors there. Yeah. Amen. So what was the diagnosis and can you explain it in layman's terms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the diagnosis is still, it's still kind of trending, I guess. We're trying to figure out what ex- exactly happened. Um, but what they called it was ventricle tachycardia, which ventricle. So in your heart has four chambers. Um, the bottom two chambers are called the ventricles like your left ventricle and your right ventricle. And then tachycardia is a big word to say kind of like this rapid beat, this rapid rhythm. And so what happened was me is my bottom two chambers um, were rapidly beating in a way that I wasn't even able to actually kind of pull blood through my heart. Um, And this whole instance was triggered by some electrical pathways because our heart and our whole body, it's, it's fascinating how God's designed us is we have electricity kind of in our body, you know, working through and firing off the signals into our heart to beat. And so for me, that signal got, got really funky and uh, it caused my heart to then go into this tachycardia, which caused me to collapse. 
Um, and over time, we just learned more about, you know, what was that initial electrical question? You know, what happened there? And we found there's a little bit of a, um, we'll call it a, a funny highway or something in my heart that is just a little bit different when I get up to a certain heart rate and it causes my heart to have a funky electrical beat, which in and of itself probably isn't something that is super concerning for the normal person. Cause we all have kind of little different uh, irregularities with our electrical patterns, um, at times, but for me in my history, they think that that little uh, irregularity is maybe what triggered on that specific day in October. Um, so we're still kind of trying to figure it out, but we have a good understanding of maybe what happened uh, on that day in October. Yeah, amen. Did they have to do any surgeries or medical procedures to try and fix what was wrong? Yeah, so we haven't fixed anything with my heart. We just put a defibrillator in. So for me, I have a implanted defibrillator um, and it's a you know a, a battery with two wires and a coil that's always tracking my heart and making sure that i'm staying within normal rhythm and if i were to get outside of the rhythm and you know signal to this machine this device that i was having a cardiac arrest it would shock my heart and, and put me back into a normal rhythm so that's kind of the only invention that we've done so far um, but we're looking into other opportunities as we continue to learn more you know, maybe there's something they can do with my heart or something that we can do uh, medically to eliminate as much uh, risk as possible. Amen. Amen. What kind of physical therapy did they put you through and how soon did you have the dream to return to running? Yeah. So pretty early on in the hospital, I, I would say I'm a pretty driven person um, and I love to compete and do different things like that. But early on in the hospital, Amy, my, my fiance, my wife now at the time said, hey, maybe we should go back and we should finish that race. You know, let's go back and let's go back to the eight mile mark and let's go finish that. And I think she was thinking, you know, maybe in a couple months, maybe in a year, uh, let's go back and we can, we didn't know if, what my status was going to be for running or walking, but she thought, you know, maybe we could go walk it or, or finish it together at a certain time. And I love that idea. But in my mind, I was thinking, I want to go back as soon as possible. And I want to run that thing. and I want to finish it. And I want to make it, you know, an, an awesome finish to this race because God really did a miracle work here. And I want to celebrate that and honor that and encourage people with this story. And so uh, we had a couple of days in the hospital and we actually were medically cleared to go home and do some of this activity. Um, the, the risk that I had was happening again was, was a lot lower and I had some monitoring on me already. So uh, we actually headed home. And a couple of weeks later, before I had my defibrillator surgery, uh, we went back to that eight-mile mark and finished those last two miles together, which was a really encouraging and amazing experience to do, especially with Amy. And we had some friends and family there, too, to cheer us on as we finished that race together. Amen. Amen. What did your doctors have to say about that idea? <laughs> well, our doctor, he's, he's really a, a great doctor. He gives us some great information and he was all cool with it. He was great about, Hey, we feel comfortable with what we have. The data says this, and we feel like it's not, it's unlikely to happen again. So yeah, go do what you would, you would want to do. And I, I was wearing kind of a defibrillator, like a wearable defibrillator at the time. So uh, I was covered in that sense that if something were to go uh, awry, that I'd be protected. But he was all for it, and he's been really encouraging of us continuing to run in a medically responsible way ever since I've gotten the okay to do it. Amen. Amen. How long did you train before entering your next race post-event? Yeah, so the next year, we got incident happened in October of 2019. Um, my wife and I got married in January of 2019. 
or 2020, excuse me, 2020. And then COVID happened in the spring of 2020. And, you know, we had been talking for a little bit about, you know, what's kind of the next thing for us. And then with COVID happening, it kind of, you know, put a pause on things like a lot of questions in our lives, but slowly God really put this dream into my heart to go and, and run again. Uh, but to do something even greater than the 10 mile is to go and do a, a full marathon. Mm. And that was a pretty crazy thought it was like, wow, that, that's, that seems pretty, pretty amazing to think that I would run a 10 mile race, almost die. And then put my shoes back on and run a 26.2 mile race. And really over time through prayer and uh, just a lot of time spent with him, it was just so clear to me and uh, clear to us, this was something we wanted to do. And, uh, and COVID was, was obviously incredibly challenging uh, for many people. But one thing that we saw as a, as a blessing for us was that we had so much free time to train and run and be outside for this type of marathon. So my wife and I started training for it and she used rollerblades. So she would rollerblade next to me and I would run. And that was kind of a way to keep sure, make sure that I was safe while I, while I trained in a way for us to be together. Amen. So uh, I, I, technically, I technically ended up running the marathon. Uh, but Amy rollerbladed a full marathon with me that day and trained with me, you know, many, many times. So, um, that was something that really big God dream that we were able to fulfill and continue to encourage people with this story. Amen. Amen. So you also went back and did the 10 mile race with one of the people who performed CPR on you, right? Correct. Yeah. So that was, uh, in 2021 and after 2020, after our marathon, you know, I was kind of like, all right, I think we've, this story, I feel like it's run its course and like we've encouraged folks. I don't really know, you know, what else we can do. Maybe I, I mean, I'll keep running and maybe go and do a marathon at the actual Twin Cities event, you know, one day because our marathon was virtual uh, in, in 2020. Uh, but I didn't have much thought about it. I was kind of like, you know what, let's just take it off. I didn't run very much after that marathon. I kind of thought, okay, we're good here. The story's good and uh, we'll just keep it as it is. But a couple months later, I get a text message from um, Jesse, who is uh, Jesus legally. But him and I and our families have gotten to really know each other over the last few years. He's a great guy, you know, married, has great kids. And so uh, we connect every once in a while and get dinner with them and hang out. But he texted me and said, hey, I think I'm um, about doing this race in the fall, you know, the 10-mile race. And it was actually a compilation of three different races. So it was a 5K, a 10K, and a 10-mile over the course of two different days. And so Jesse had texted me about it and said, Hey, I think we should do it together. You know, it'd be great to do it together and all that stuff. And initially I was like, ah, I don't know. I think I'm kind of over, you know, kind of done with this thing, but slowly my heart started to change. I think God was working on me to say, okay, let's, let's get after it. Let's do it. And so we signed up for this, you know, it's a, a three fold race basically. And, uh, it was a really awesome opportunity the last race of that weekend was a 10 mile race, the same race that Jesse performed CPR on me uh, with those other folks. And we ran it together and it was uh, one of those, those incredible experiences and moments uh, of my life. It just was an amazing opportunity to, to run with him and to be on that course again. And we took a moment around mile eight to pray together. And, uh, you know, we had family there again. And it was just an amazing opportunity, an amazing experience to be able to do that with him Amen. and to continue to share the story of Christ. Amen. So the two of you become fairly good friends then, right? Yes, for sure. It's definitely a unique relationship, you know, having someone who's saved your life, you know, played a big part in that. And yeah. so thankful that God 
brought them and uh, him into my life and our lives. Amen. Amen. Was there some kind of, of testing or medical testing you could have taken that, that would have found this medical issue before that day in October, 2019? It's possible there, there, there could be, um, what I do now is I go and I do a, a medical stress test is kind of what they say. So I hop on a treadmill and they put a bunch of wires on me and they just test my heart. And uh, in doing that, they can look at the different rhythms of my heart. And so it's possible that if I would have done that beforehand, that they could have spotted something, you know, a little off. Um, but you probably have to do it three or four different times to see a, a theme in it. Yeah. And on top of that, they, in some instances, I don't know if they would have said, yeah, that's a problem. Or if they would have said, you know, it happens for most people. You know, we have these different little things in our heart that happen, but our heart's strong enough and the electrical beat's strong enough for it to, you know, work itself out of that situation. Um, so I don't know if they would have been able to ca catch it or, or, or what, but it certainly was an unexpected thing that happened to us. Amen. Amen. So you've given your testimony, obviously, a few times. Right over the years. Uh, have you been right. doing any public speaking I want to happen, like TED Talks or anything like that? And yeah, that's what we're trying to do right now. So the Moon Family Ministries, uh, in part, is birthed from this desire to share and to encourage people and to bring the Word of God to places uh, that we think need you know need to hear it. And so I did a little speaking before COVID and during COVID virtually. And now that we've kind of come out of it, I've we've branded ourselves as this Moon Family Ministries and just trying to give to God, what we have, our stories and our passions and our personalities to be able to encourage people for him. So I spoke at a, an elementary school uh, this past spring and hope to do more speaking and, and teaching at churches and businesses and different schools uh, mm -hmm. as, as the opportunities come down the pike. Amen. Amen. So you started Moon Family Ministries in, in response, obviously, because the Lord is leading you to do so. Uh, not so much in response to your story of what happened, but that you're also in the young adult ministry also. Is this in through your local church? T tell us about what you're planning for Moon Family Ministries and, and all the things that you got going on. Yeah, for sure. So at our church, uh, we're just like normal lay people. Uh, we go to church and we, we love serving in the church. Uh, we're group, group leaders, small group leaders for a group of, um, of young adults. And then actually this year, we're taking on this role of kind of coaching group leaders. So helping adult group leaders as they continue to, you know, uh, build fellowship and discipleship in our local church. So yeah, we're, we're not experts by any means in terms of young adults. We ourselves are considered young adults, but we just have a heart for people and we love to connect with people of any age. And right now, God's really given us an opportunity to share and encourage um, these young adult group leaders uh, to build discipleship. And our church has been really big on working in groups and building uh, those relationships because we know that's where a lot of spiritual growth truly happens is in circles and being able to sh talk and share and grow together. So uh, that I have a heart for that. And we're excited to, to do that at our local church. Hey man, is there a book or a podcast or anything like that in your future? Well, that's a good question. I'd love to uh, write a book or do some type of devotional work or things like that. And definitely something that I think God's put on, my heart. We just haven't really uh, had the, the the resources or the the connections quite yet to do that. But we're okay. We're just waiting for the right time and the right place for it. Yep. Uh, but we're excited to see however God uses the story. Amen. Amen. Tyler, this has been so interesting. If someone has a question or would like to find out more information or 
possibly do an interview like this? How can they do that? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, probably one of the best ways to get in touch with us is we have an, an Instagram page. It's Moon Family Ministries. That's our, our handle, um, as well as we have an email address, uh, moonfamilyministries at gmail.com. Um, all one word there, probably the, the best way to get in touch with us, uh, as well as my LinkedIn page uh, is Top of Moon, and I live in the Minneapolis area. So would love to connect with folks, whatever you have going on, even if you just want some prayer or just a connection or uh, anything like that, we'd love to chat with you and just get to know who you are and and love on you and, and point you to Christ and whatever we can do. Amen. Do you have a website yet? We do not. No, no website quite yet. <laughs> Amen. Folks, this is a very serious issue. I mean, I personally have been witness to two young men die while running with this same issue. And both were while I was in the military way back in the 1980s. And, you know, Tyler mentioned how people said that, you know, when he fell, they could tell it wasn't like a normal fall. That's what I've seen too. I mean, as soon as this young man, he was, we were running a PT test going around the track four times for a mile. So they'd run eight laps about the sixth lap. I seen this fellow fall and me and another drill sergeant ran over there and we did CPR till the ambulance got there. And unfortunately he died, but you know, I've seen two soldiers go through this and no, neither one of them had any heart related issues in their medical history at all. And technology was not as good back then as it is now, but Tyler's an example. This is still happening today. I urge you, if you feel anything at all, that's just not normal, get checked out, especially before any taxing event on your body and heart. Next, the most important thing is knowing Jesus as your savior. There is no guarantee for tomorrow. There's no guarantee for the next hour or even the next five minutes. What is guaranteed is that is appointed unto every man once to die, then the judgment. That's it. You need to make sure that Jesus is your Lord before something happens. Imagine if Tyler would not have been born again and thought, I'm just going to wait till Sunday morning in church to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And the race was held on a Saturday, folks. If he would not have been born again and those people that helped him by performing CPR, keeping him alive until the medics arrived, wasn't able to do all that, he'd be suffering eternally right now. Good intentions don't cut it. You need Jesus. If you've not received him as your Savior, I urge you to do so right now. Tyler, would you do the honor of leading someone who's been listening to us today, someone whom the Holy Spirit may be whispering into their ear right now that this is for you? Would you lead them in a short prayer of salvation? Absolutely. I'd love to. God, we just thank you for this day, God. And I just pray for that person uh, who's sitting there and thinking about if they can commit themselves to you, God. I just ask that you would um, encourage them and give them the courage to step yes. up and surrender their lives to you, God. We know that that freedom, true freedom, true victory is found when we let go. Amen. So God, I ask that you would give these people courage to let go and to step in what you've called them to do. So God, please be with them, God. Let yes. them to um, you know, accept you into their hearts and live their lives for you from this point forward. Amen. In Jesus' holy name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Folks, if you pray that prayer with Tyler Moon right now, contact him. Drop down to the show notes, click the links, let him know. Praise God. Let me know as well. Just shoot me out an email, brotherbob at fdfm.org, and let me know. Amen. 
If you don't have your own Bible but want one, let me know that too. We will send you out a Bible absolutely free of charge. I'll even pay the shipping on it. The only caveat is it has to be within the continental United States, unfortunately. But Tyler, I want to thank you for taking your time to visit with us today. And I do appreciate all that you're doing for the body of Christ. Keep up the good work for the kingdom, brother. Thanks, Bob. Praise God. Amen. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Tyler Moon and myself, Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.